Welcome to Talk with the Texan, Money and Life with Troy Eckert. This program is thought-provoking, informative, entertaining, and down to business. We face facts and ideas about how to make, protect, and build your net worth. You'll get over three decades of frontline experiences and real-life examples of what to do and the pitfalls to avoid. Now, here's Troy Eckert. Hey, 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 everyone. This is Troy Ucker, Talk with the Texan, Money and Life. Thank you for joining me today. I am going to hit it running like I normally do. First and foremost, just to remind everyone, I have been involved in investments since 1985. The majority of my career has been involved in oil and gas exploration, production, mineral rights, seismic, saltwater disposal wells, and pipelines. And so, obviously, my expertise is in fossil fuels and the different three sectors that involved are involved in the United States when it comes to fossil fuels been working on behalf of several thousand high net worth investors over the last 37 years. I've had a great career. I've been super excited about the ability to work for individuals that have not only money, but they have just hundreds and hundreds of experiences that allow me to make my life more full, to learn more great things from each one of them. And of course, continue to build what I say is a PhD lesson in hard knocks and a PhD lesson in life experiences. So today's topic is going to be one that some of you probably are very familiar with and some of you may not be, but I'm going to talk to you about the use of owner financing in buying real estate. Now, I will tell you up front, I have done not a tremendous number of real estate transactions, but I've done quite a few over the last 37 years. Um, I rarely, rarely get into real estate syndications. I generally do not like them. I don't like them because the person offering a syndication normally has the terms so egregious that at the end of the day, um, if there is any profit, the majority of the profit will go to them. The rules of the game essentially always tell me it's in their favor and I have very little I can do about it. It's like a prison sentence. I go in, but I don't know when I'm going to get out. And all the other things that go with syndications. I can just tell you right off the bat, I'm not a crazy fan of syndications, although I have done some. And a few of them that I've done have done really well. So I have to be very, very careful because I will do a syndication as long as it's structured correctly. But this is not what we're talking about today. Today, talk with the text of Money and Life. I'm going to be talking to you about trying to use owner financing. And I'm going to tell you, I've been told for years, owner financing is difficult to get. Owner financing, uh, that person will not owner finance. No way, no how. And I can tell you, I have owner financed multiple properties that have turned out to be incredibly profitable properties. And in fact, the owner financing part was one of the reasons I was able to get the par- property and to negotiate the contract. And I can tell you all the reasons why that went into it. Now, I don't know whether to take today and give you three or four examples or whether I should just talk to you about the things that are really most relevant about owner finance. Again, this is going to apply to somebody who's 18 years old up to 80 years old. And you may be the person who's selling a property and you might want to think about owner financing, or you might be someone who's trying to buy a property and you're thinking, I'm going to ask the seller to take on owner financing. And I got to tell you, it's not hard. I've heard, I probably ask for it almost every time. Almost every time I buy a piece of property, I always ask, is the seller willing to consider owner financing if I offer them terms that they agree with? Now watch what I said. Is the seller willing to take owner financing on the property they're selling if I give them the terms they're willing to accept? Now, why do I say that twice? I just said, if I give you what you want, why would you not carry the note? If I don't give you what you want, you're not going to take the note anyway. So from the real estate agent who's most concerned, 
is, gosh, if you own or finance, am I going to get paid commission on the whole thing? Or am I going to get only commission on the part that they, they don't own or finance? See, real estate agents, for the most part, I'm talking like the, the bottom 90% are not smart enough to get out of a hailstorm. They have no clue about owner financing. All they want to do is make their commission and they don't think beyond that. The top 10% of the real estate agents in this country are incredibly smart and very, very good and astute at looking at buyer and seller trying to make a transaction happen where in their hopes, both sides feel like they walk away as a winner. The buyer gets what they want, the seller gets what they want, and they get paid the professional fee they deserve for bringing the transaction to a full confirmation. So let's talk about owner financing, what that looks like. First and foremost, you have to know if the seller has the ability to owner finance. So you can't go buy a house that the person went out and took a 95% mortgage, 5% equity down. The market's either flat or deteriorating from where it was when the house was bought two or three years ago. And you say, hey, can you owner finance it? Uh, no, I owe 95% to the mortgage company there is no equity. I cannot give you owner financing because I don't have any value in the house because by the time I pay commissions and sell it, I probably am going to have to go to closing with a check to pay off the balance of my mortgage. That is not a candidate for owner financing. So you could always look in the courthouse and you can determine on a piece of property that you're buying if there is an outstanding lien and how much that lien amount is. Mortgage companies file liens. Banks file liens, and they're doing so to protect their interest to make sure somebody doesn't try to sell that asset and try to bypass them in a first lien position. So what I'm talking about today in owner financing is going to be properties or assets that you've identified or something you found for sale. And by conversation with the selling agent, conversation with the seller, if you will, if you have that opportunity, or just by checking the courthouse records, you might determine that there may be a substantial amount of equity in the transaction and that the party selling it may have it actually paid off. They may own it free and clear. If so, they may very well likely consider owner financing if it's in their best interest, if they can get the kind of transaction they want. And if again, the parties come together with an agreeable uh, transaction, which is I will owner finance it if you'll do A, B, and C. And the buyer has to say, yeah, I'm willing to do A, B, and C. Then carrying a note, is no different than having a mortgage company or bank finance your property. I'm just financing it with the person who's selling it to me. What a great tool to use. It's kind of like off-balance financing. You know, instead of going to the bank and cluttering up my credit and having all this enormous hoops and loops and fees involved, I go to the seller of a million-dollar property and say, look, you got a million-dollar uh, warehouse over here. Um, I notice that you don't have much in the way of a lien on it. What I'd like to do is I'd like to give you $300,000 down I like four-year note. I'll pay you 7% interest. I'll pay you interest every quarter. I will not make any materials changes to the property until you're paid off in full. I'll do a principal reduction of 100,000 a year for the next four years. So by the time I'm done, the final balloon balance is roughly $300,000 on the 48th month. Um, if I don't make the payment within 10 days of the uh, payment due date at the end of the quarter, you have the right to, to uh, stop the owner financing and force me to go get a new mortgage within 60 days of the default. I mean, not even a penalty. Like if I default, owner financing is off. I've got to go get brand new financing or you get to foreclose on the property. I mean, you can create your own terms. I was just giving you some random idea about what the terms might look like. In other words, I want to buy the property. I want him to owner finance it. I want to go use up all my credit. I want him to finance it because that's a whole lot easier. It's a lot less expensive. And I now have a seller who fully understands the property because they've owned it. 
they understand the value by the amount of money I'm putting down, the 300,000, the interest payments, the 100,000 a year, they know that over 12, 24, 36 months, they almost hope that I default. They hope that I get foreclosed on because why? They get their property back and they made three, four, $500,000 if I decide to default. So there are ways in which to get owner financing. I pretty much ask on any commercial or investment transaction, I always ask for owner financing. And the first thing I hear from real estate agents is, oh, no, they're not going to own or finance. I said, well, I'll tell you what, you're the listing agent. I'm going to make an offer. You have a professional obligation to submit it for the uh, seller's consideration. So I'm going to make the offer. I'll put it in an email. You let me know what the answer is. And I want to see it in writing. I want to see the response. Because again, you have very unsophisticated real estate agents who don't understand owner financing. And they're always only concerned about one thing, which is their commission. All right, so one of the things you need to know is, um, the sellers need to know the sales process, okay? Um, the process is they're going to sell their million-dollar property. They're expecting somebody to come in and offer them a million dollars. They'll pay the commission and the fees from the sale, and then they get their net amount. Assuming they don't owe any money at the bank, they're going to get net of the commissions and fees for closing the transaction. Now they've got to figure out, do they have a 1031 tax exchange? Do they have another asset they're trying to buy? Or was this simply somebody trying to uh, lighten their load in their portfolio? Maybe they were trying to use the money to pay off some cash on some other loans. Maybe they just felt the property had reached its maximum value and they thought now's a good time to sell it because the market's uh, becoming less robust. Don't know, but you got you to gotta figure out if the seller understands the market and they're either savvy or not. A more savvy investor will be more open to listening to owner financing versus a neophyte investor or owner of the property who's never owner financed before, it might be quite scary. Then that takes a whole different tactic, okay? Remember, this is money in life. I'm just giving you some examples from my own personal experience and some of the things I've gone through and getting some of my seller financing that has made really good sense, okay? Um, seller sophistication. I got to determine pretty quick, either by talking to the seller or talking to the seller's agent, is this individual somebody that's going to be able to understand this and get their head around it? Or is it going to be somebody who's so new, so neophyte, so unsophisticated, it's just going to be so paranoia, you have zero chance of getting this across the finish line. Now, when I think about um, a seller, I've got to think about um, what would I do? Now, this is important. What would Troy do if somebody approached me about buying one of my properties and they were to say, I'll buy it, but I'd like you to do owner financing? But my first concern is, I might do that. I'm not quite as concerned about the interest rate you're going to pay me. I'm probably more concerned what you might do to deteriorate the value of the collateral, which is the property, if I'm going to be the lien holder. I don't want to sell you a million-dollar building that's in good shape, great shape. You buy it, and you decide to come in and paint it blanket, uh, black and orange, knock a hole in the ceiling, put it in the sunroof, tear down some of the outside aesthetics, and about a year later, you go, yeah, it's not working out. I'm going to have to walk the note. And I end up going, wow, I don't even own what I thought I owned. Now I've got to go put in three or $400,000 to bring it back to the way it was before the owner finance buyer got their hands on. So my number one concern as a seller is having limitations and restrictions on any material change without prior written approval, period, end of story. It's my asset. It's my collateral, and I am not going to allow you to change or alter that in any way that I believe is negative to the underlying value of that property until you pay me off. Now, from a buyer's side, if I have a specific use for that property in my negotiations for owner financing, 
I'm going to say, I'm going to buy that building for a million. I'm going to put $300,000 down. I'm also going to spend $150,000 in improvements. That's going to make your collateral worth more. Now I'm selling the seller on accepting owner financing. I'm selling. I'm saying, I'm going to put in $150,000. I'm going to put a new roof on it. I'm going to come in and fix the pipe and plumbing. I'm going to expand the outer parameters and make it aesthetically more appealing, which I'll give you a rendering before I do it. And I'll get you to sign off on all three of these before I actually do it. But what I want to do is I want to, I want to put some tenant improvement in there to make that building much better. So if I do walk, you've got 300,000 that I've given you, but you have 150,000 improvements of which you're going to be able to sign off on as far as saying it's okay to do it. I'm going to give you a stronger owner note than you have today by not doing the tenant improvement. And then, then what that should do is truly convince the seller you are a productive buyer. You have serious capital and equity. You're adding additional capital to improve the underlying asset value. And you're agreeing to let the seller who's going to own or finance it have the ability to participate and approve any changes. And that's a very big comfortable factor for them. Okay. Um, one of the things you've got to remember from a seller's perspective, if you're offering owner finance with a five or 6% yield on a five-year note, well, right now they may be saying as a seller, I can take the cash. I can do a 1031 exchange. I can go buy mineral rights and make 12 to 18%. Or I've got another property that I want to buy that's distressed and I'll do a 1031 and go buy this little mini storage over here and it's making 12%. Or I just may want to pay the taxes on it because I think I can go buy an asset that's distressed and I can use the net proceeds after taxes and I'll buy another asset that in five or 10 years will be worth, worth a whole lot more than the small interest rate you may give me on owner financing. So you got to really look at what the higher yield opportunity is. If you don't know the market, where that seller might go with the money, if you happen to be a cash buyer or you buy them out 100%, don't ask for the owner financing, you might very well have to figure out what that yield in that marketplace is to know whether you're swimming upstream or downstream, okay? Now, I also think you have to figure out market demand and competition. If it's been frothy like the last three years and you're getting five, 10, 15 offers per house, you can forget owner financing. It's not going to happen. There's too many buyers that are willing to pay cash or get their own mortgage or own financing. So sometimes you find the best chance for owner financing is that if you recognize that maybe the property has not been successful in being sold, maybe the market has gotten a little cooler and you have more inventory, more sellers selling similar or like kind properties and there's not as many buyers. So now it becomes a buyer's market and the buyer's market is dictating not only price, but they're dictating maybe conditions of the sale. Um, I can assure you when it's super cheap interest rates and I can assure you when it's uh, a very frothy market from the buyer side, you're not getting very many chances to have owner financing. In today's market though, with the real estate market appearing to be in a significant correction in the forthcoming 24 months, there's a very good chance that sellers who really need to sell, they need to get liquid, they need to sell one of five apartments, they sell one of five assets, they may be willing to take owner financing because it frees up the cash they need as quick as they can get it freed up in order to keep the other investments they have, the other real estate property or assets they have, keep them alive and moving and paying debt and paying cash out to distribution for partners. So you've got to know the market. You've got to know when you're buying it, what's going to motivate that seller to owner finance it, if you can even get terms set together, and if so, what does that look like compared to just going out and getting a traditional mortgage? Uh, one thing about it, usually um, the real estate market goes down when interest rates go up and the real estate market goes down when there's less demand and more supply. We're in that phase right now. So you're going to find very few people are willing to go get these big mortgages at high interest rates. Um, it's also the cost of debt is going to really eat into the economics, which means the offers being made are going to be made at higher cap rates, less return, uh, less return or a higher cap rate means 
less value for the property. So there's a lot of things going on fundamentally right now, which would really predicate from now for the next couple of years, owner financing should be almost one of the first things out of your mouth when you're looking at buying any kind of typical piece of property. Um, the other thing I think you should think about in owner financing is um, what's the interest rate? Now, if the interest rate right now, if I can go get 7% at a bank, um, I'm probably going to have to offer more than that to the seller. Why? Traditionally, the seller is going to look at the mortgage rate and say, I want at least what the bank's going to get, but because I'm taking a higher risk because I'm not a bank, um, I'm probably going to be more inclined to say, I want a higher interest rate than what you could go get at a bank or a mortgage company. So if mortgage companies are seven, I might have to offer eight or 9%. By the way, don't cry. Eight or 9% is still a good deal, especially if the traditional mortgage rate is seven, if you can get off book balancing. Uh, as far as debt. Okay. What kind of terms do you want? Well, if I'm a seller and I made a decision to sell my property, I'm probably not somebody who's wanting to hold on to a note for five, 10 years. I'm probably saying, mm, I made my mind up to sell it. I was going to sell it outright, but I might carry a note. What are the terms? What are you looking for? What kind of interest rate? What are you going to do as far as principal reduction during the term you asked me for? I would say you should always ask a minimum of two years and upwards of about four years. Now you can ask for five or six. I think the longer term you ask, the less likely you are to get it from a owner financing scenario, simply because that owner is probably limited on capital. They're probably looking to rotate it by other investments. And they also have already made their mind up to divest themselves of that particular piece of real estate, which means mentally they've already exited that asset as far as future value, future interest. And they would like to see the conclusion of that transaction via a reasonable time frame to pay it off, even if they own or finance it. Uh, two to four years is good. You can always ask for more than four years, like I said, but I think that's something where you're going to have to really focus on <clears throat> the attitude, the characteristics, and the personality of the seller. Ask for too much. It becomes a no outright across the board. Ask for something that's reasonable, something that you would take. If you're on the seller side, you might find yourself with some really nice owner financing going forward. Um, you have to put enough money down to mean it. So in my experience, I think you really have one shot at owner financing. I think you have one shot to determine if this person or this seller, in fact, will consider or even do owner financing. So for me, I don't mess around. I come in and I say, look, it's a million dollar building. I'll give you 300,000 down 30%. I'll give you seven and a half percent interest. It'll be a 36 month note. I'll pay you quarterly interest payments. I'll pay you principal of a hundred thousand a year for the next three years with a final balloon note at the end of the 36 month, uh, blah, 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 blah. Now I've given her everything that I believe as a buyer asking for owner financing is going to give them. I'm not giving them anymore. I, I, I doubt I'll sweeten the pot. If they say no, I'll say, you know what? Thanks for considering it. Really appreciate it. If it doesn't sell in the next 60 days, call me back. You know what my terms are. Now, I do that because I don't want to be mad. I don't want to seem desperate, but also I want them to know you go pound the pavement. You try your very best to sell that asset. If you need to sell it and you can't sell it, well, I'm always here for you but those are my terms by which I will end up buying that property. Now, I also want to point out that you want to have interest only if possible. You don't, you want to get a long amortization schedule. So watch, I'm going to ask the seller. I'll take 36 month note, balloon note at the end of the 36 month, but I want a 15 year amortization schedule. Now you might say, well, why does that matter if you're really only paying uh, annual uh, principal reduction? Well, I want that amortization schedule in there because I want the seller to think about a longer term of commitment because most sellers will not appreciate nor will they really understand the amortization cycle or schedule. So by asking for 15 years, knowing it's only a three-year note, let's say I get to the end of the third year and I find that the market's not so good. Maybe I don't want to pay it off. Maybe I can't get financing. 
I might come back to that seller and say, look, we had a 15-year amortization schedule. I paid you consistently for three years. I've been knocking out of the park. The market's a little tight. Could we add two more years to the note? It's just two more years out of 15 years. It's not that big a deal. And again, I've demonstrated for three years to pay you Johnny on the spot. You're making great interest on your money and you're getting your principal paid off. Is there any reason we couldn't extend it two or three years based on the exact same terms with the same schedule? No, sounds good. I, in other words, I want to have that, that, that underlying statement to that seller. This could be a 15-year note just because the 15-year amortization schedule was built into the conversation. Now, if they insist on not having an annual principal reduction, you're actually paying interest in principal each month. Well, then that helps because it makes your principal part of the payment each month lower by having a longer amortization schedule. You can ask for 20 or 30. I've always found 15 seems to be fair because the longer you stretch out the amortization schedule, the lower the principal they're going to get on a month-to-month -month payment or quarterly payment. And they may be opposed to that because you're stretching it out from an amortization schedule way too long. When you think about material changes, this is me. And I'm, I'm assuming that most sellers, if they have very much savvy sense to them, they're going to say, yeah, you can buy the property, but you're not making any material changes over $20,000 to that property at one time ever. I, I must sign off and approve what you're doing. So if you want to take three bay doors, rip them out and concrete all three openings in, uh, I'm not going to approve them. If you want to take and knock out a whole wall and put in an outdoor, uh, outdoor uh, game room, I'm not going to do that. If you want to, I mean, in other words, I, as the seller, need to know that the collateral that I have agreed to owner financing will be in as close to the same condition if you default on the note. And material changes could not only undermine the collateral, it could completely change the marketability of that product by the time you're done. It's real important that you make your uh, permission uh, very difficult, or at least it has to be very clear they will need permission before you can make any material changes to collateral from the buyer who's asked for the owner's financing side. Uh, you want very easy default provisions. Now, am I speaking on behalf of the uh, seller who's financing it, or am I talking about the buyer? I think both. Uh, what I want to reassure that seller is I'm not going to tie you up in litigation. I'm either going to make my payments, pay you on time, and if I don't, you have the right to accelerate the note, force me to go to traditional financing or buy you out. Otherwise, I truly have defaulted. Then you have every right and obligation to try to get that note back from me. If I make really good default provisions from both sides, it's understandable from both the seller and the buyer's side, then I have a real high probability of getting owner financing in place. Um, the penalties, they should be stiff or at least certain. In other words, like I said a while ago, if I if I do with the money on the first day after each quarter for the interest payment, after 10 or 15 days, if I've not made the payment, I get one notice, one notice, hey, you missed the payment. I have five days to reconcile that. If I don't reconcile by the 20th day uh, after the end of each quarter, it's automatic default. And that seller can say, you're in default, your note's called, you must get outside financing, you have 45 or 60 days, whatever you agree to, to pay the entire note off. Owner financing is over. Go get your own note. So at least they're serious, and they're serious for both sides. It's serious from the buyer's side saying, I better not miss a payment. And for some reason, I bump my head and I forget about it. He's going to give me five days to correct it. After that, hey, I made my bet. I got a lion. From the seller side, it's going to have very clear language. that says, we're not arbitrating. We're not mediating. This is the way it is. This is the policy. It's black and white. There's no excuses this is what you're going to do. And you might have arbitration in there if you feel better, but that's up to your lawyer. But the bottom line is the more uh, solid the solution to a default, the solution to a delayed payment,
the more solid it is for the seller, the more likely as I am to get seller finance. Because what he's basically saying, or, or the person selling the property is basically saying is, they understand my concerns, which is don't change the property, don't devalue the asset. And if you don't pay, I get to kick your butt out and make you in foreclosure, make you have to go get financing outside of the owner financing. All right. So here's what I want to tell you. Um, let me give you a couple of stories. So I bought a house in Colorado about five years ago. And the house had been on the market for quite some time. I did all of my analysis on it. And I came back and I said, this house is a million dollars or more under market value. Every other house is selling for $375 to $425 a square foot. This house is $270 a square foot. I don't know why it's not selling. Um, there must be something wrong with it. So I hired an appraiser. I hired an inspector. Did all this independently. Came back and they all said, same thing. This house is in immaculate shape. See absolutely nothing wrong with the house. I'm thinking, okay, there must be dead bodies underneath the slab. I'm missing something. Why would somebody sell this house so far below market value? Long story short is I was going to put a contract on it. And I had, uh, I was going to go out and get second, uh, a second uh, lien on it, you know, to have a mortgage, second home. And I made an offer. And the selling agent said, of all the time, now that you're making an offer, there's another guy who looked at it six months ago who says now he wants to make an offer. And I said, well, I'm going to do two things. I said, I'm going to offer a $50,000 non-refundable uh, earnest check right now. I will bank wire it today or in the morning. I want the property. I'll bank wire $50,000. It's his. If I don't close, it doesn't matter. I don't need 10 days inspection. I've already inspected it. I'll put $50,000 up today. And I'll have owner I'll have financing through a mortgage company in 45 days. That's all I need. I'm going to give him 50,000. If I default in 45 days, he's made 50,000. If for some reason uh, I the everything clears, I'll close in 45 days with the second with the mortgage company, right? Well, when it came back, the seller accepted my offer and he said, I want the 50,000 in 24 hours. And no problem. He said, but I also I want owner financing. I'm like, why the heck does he want? You want owner financing? I mean, you don't, you don't want me to go get a mortgage? And the answer was, interest rates were like two and a half, three percent. And he said, no, I want, I want a five and a quarter percent owner financing. You put down 20%, I'll owner finance the balance. And what I'll do is I'll take five and a quarter percent and you have three years, no, no prepayment penalty, but you have three years in which to pay me off. And I agreed to it. The other guy didn't want to agree to it. So it made my position that much stronger. Now, this is a case where the seller chose owner financing because he wanted to make a higher rate of return on the proceeds of the sale because he didn't owe anybody any money. And as a result, he was going to get a better yield or higher yield than if he went to the bank. So what I did was said, great, I'll, I'll take your owner financing. I waited about two years. Uh, I decided that interest rates were probably going to start rising, which they have substantially. And I did this about a year and a half ago and I financed before the market moved and I financed the thing for like three and 3.95% for a second home for a 30 year mortgage, which was very, very smart on my part. But this is a situation where the seller decided to make the buyer do, uh, do owner financing because it was in his best interest as far as the use of the sales, the proceeds. And I actually bought the house cheaper than he had bought it for five years earlier. So I got a great deal all the way around. By the way, that house now is, is appraised about three times what I paid for. So that's just a really true, great home run story. Um, I had another property that I was getting owner financed. And the same thing. I said, hey, look, um, I want to buy the property. Um, I want you to owner finance it. Um, I'm going to pay you off in three years. I'll give you 30% down, like I said a while ago. I'll give you interest payments only. I'll give you a balloon note at the end of 36 months and et cetera, et cetera. Well, as it turns out, that was a great decision. Um, and what happened is, is that about six months into the uh, investment, 
Um, I recognized that the property was not what they said it was at. I mean, in other words, they lied. Um, I had been able to minimize my exposure, minimize my ability to get out, and I was able to cut my losses and walk away. Because why? Because it was owner financing, uh, I simply let them know that I was not going to pay any additional interest. I wasn't going to pay any additional principal. He could have his property back. And that saved me about three and a half million dollars on a transaction because I had owner financing in place. In that case, I really wanted owner financing because I felt like there was so much underlying due diligence that had to be done. It could never be done prior to the transaction. Um, all the information was surveying and, and the architects all said everything's good to go. But I kept saying to myself, I'd rather owner finance because his knowing, the seller's knowing that I have a lot of money that he's going to get if he keeps, keeps to his word and has delivered the asset he said he could deliver. Then the actual truth is, is that it gives me the chance to um, get all the due diligence done, minimize my investment, minimize my exposure, give myself several months of due diligence before I have to turn around and make the additional payments. As it turned out, I went in, I hustled like crazy for six months. I did all the due diligence. I did all the background. And as it came out, uh, there was errors in the survey, errors in the property. Uh, it wasn't as much water as they thought. And I was able to cut my losses. Did I like losing the 30%? No, but I sure didn't want to go out and borrow the money to bank, find out the same thing. And now I'm stuck with a bank note that's on my credit and I'm stuck paying it off. And the individual who sold it has got all his money up front at one time, which meant even worse, he's, he's walked with the money and I'm stuck with a bank note. In this case, I was able to minimize the amount of money I put in. I was able to collar my risk, gave myself enough time to make the payments. And then I was able to walk the note because in the provision, it had a non-reporting statement that said, if for some reason I default, you're not able to go to the reporting agencies to report a default on credit. You simply agree to take the property back as damages. So I wasn't forced to pay any more money. I wasn't forced to pay the interest. They agreed to take the property back in lieu of any kind of court proceedings or, or going after me for the additional money. So I call that one very, very right. Look, I can tell you, owner financing is a phenomenal tool. Owner financing is something that can be very beneficial to help you accumulate uh, high-end properties, commercial properties, raw land. And every single time you're gonna be told 9.9% .9 of the time, not every time, but 9.9% .9 of the time, you're going to be told by the real estate agent, no, they won't consider that. And what your answer is, you're just an agent. So I don't really care what you say, but you do have a fiduciary duty to tell your seller exactly what I've offered. And they can choose, not you. So I'm going to send you an email with an offer. And don't make it elaborate. Make it a bullet point and say, this is what I'm offering. The offer is good for five days. Please give me a response. Now, if they don't respond at all, well, either you didn't offer the right price or they don't want to have anything to do with owner financing. But I think you do this time and time again, and you're going to find that the power of owner financing can create substantial amount of profit and gains on real estate assets that you buy by allowing yourself to use the private market, which is in fact the seller's willingness to take a note back and not get all their proceeds up front on a sale, giving you time to manage the property, to make the changes with approval that you need to make, increase the appreciation on it, and do so with off balance sheet or off book balance sheet uh, finance. Hey, listen, folks, Troy Eckerd with Money in Life, talk with the Texan. I know that not everything I talk about is just jumping through your socks interesting, but let me tell you something. I love owner financing. I, I do it all the time. I do it whenever I can. Um, I may be told no four out of five times. Maybe it's nine out of 10 times. I don't know. But I ask all the times and I have been shocked, pleasantly shocked 
by asking for owner financing, somebody goes, yeah, he'll accept that. Yeah, he'll think about that. Yeah, I'm sure he'll do a he'll do a 30% down. No, he doesn't have anywhere to go. He's got tons of land. He's got lots of property. He's already wealthy. She's already wealthy. Doesn't doesn't matter. Look, the bottom line is, if you don't ask, you shall not receive. The bottom line is, it's a great, great tool in buying real estate. And some of you are going to say, well, I can buy it with no money down. You know what? I've, I've heard all the accolades. I've seen all the videos. I've seen all the talk shows. You do you, and I do me. I'm more interested in offering enough down and terms good enough that I can actually lower the price. Because not only am I going to ask them to owner finance, I'm going to buy it for the price I want, and they're going to owner finance. If I get too difficult on the terms, if I get too difficult on what I'm asking for, they may say, yeah, you can buy it, but you're going to pay me full price. So you have to have a balance between the owner financing and the price you pay, and that is a yin and a yang kind of a game. Sometimes you say, you know what, I'll pay full price. It's worth it, but I'll pay full price if you owner finance it. And vice versa, you may say, I'm not paying full price, but I want you to owner finance it. And they say, I'm not going to owner finance. You say, well, then I want to get bank financing, but the offer stays the same. You have to decide in your own real estate activity what works for you, what you're comfortable with. I was just sharing one way in which I buy real estate that I like very much, and I look for it every single time I find a piece of property. That's probably the first question out of my mouth. Will they own or finance it? Troy Eckert, Talk with the Texas Money Life. Thank you again for listening to this podcast. I'll talk to you soon. Take care. Thanks to all our incredible friends for joining Troy for today's show, Talk with the Texan, Money and Life. Please join your host, Troy Eckert, for another edition of the program every Monday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time and 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Follow Troy, engage him, challenge him, but most importantly, listen to him. Three decades of expertise at your disposal. We'll see you here next week.